Christ, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know what you're going to tell me. Nikki, Jesus love you. Now, the, one of the reasons that, that I wrote this book is because in this book, you have so many testimonies. And um, testimonies that are life-transforming like the ones you heard just but now. It was my problem. There was a big hole in my life and I couldn't fill it. If there's worry, there's no place for faith. Faith is driven out by worry. But worry is driven yes, out God by faith. Move things along. He'll move things along. He'll move you from the background to the forefront. He'll move you from the outside to the inside. He'll move you along. Just somebody say he'll move I've you along. I've been protected. I've been directed. I've been corrected. I've kept God in my life and has kept me humble. Go into the whole world and proclaim this message. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. On this episode of Testimonies of Truth, we interview in Shane, the founder of the Psalms Project, which is a community of musicians whose aim is to support all 150 psalms to music. This involves incorporating the essential meaning of every Bible verse and using modern, familiar instrumentation that relates to listeners. He joins us now. Um, so I guess just to begin with, can you tell us um, about the Psalm Project and how it all started? And I guess what um, what what inspired you to start uh, the Psalm Project? Sure. Yeah, I think it really started out of years of uh, leading worship, where I really started to notice that um, the most uh, powerful experiences leading worship came out of the Word of God and putting that front and center. Uh, you know, reading the scripture from the stage, and even in some cases singing it. And I think that kind of led me to the idea of, well, what if uh, what if I sang, you know, psalms, and then also that led to the idea of singing entire psalms. And suddenly I just got really intrigued by that idea of, of singing entire psalms and telling the whole story of the psalm rather than taking little snippets of it. Mm. And, uh, and then... Uh, it kind of officially started when I was on a mission trip at the uh, Rosebud Indian Reservation in, in South Dakota. Yeah. It was about 10 years ago, actually. Just felt the strange compulsion to start setting Psalm 1 to music. And the song that came out that day, uh, I liked it. It was kind of weird, but I kind of liked how it felt fresh. It didn't sound like other worship music. Um, and uh, that kind of got me going. And um, after I finished Psalm 1... Um, there was a little lag time between me finishing Psalm 2. I kind of, you know, the project was kind of difficult. I put it on the shelf for a while. But then in 2009, three years later, I was uh, meditating on the Psalms. All of a sudden, this melody for Psalm 2 came to me. And then uh, finished that that day. And ever since then, it's been uh, nonstop. It's kind of one of those things I just can't stop at this point, I guess, how I put it. So. Um, so Shane, can you tell us, I guess, uh, a little bit about the, the overall mission of the Psalm Project? And I know you guys have an interest in global missions as well, and um, you're keen to support global mission. Can you tell us a little bit about, about that? Sure. Um, the mission of the Psalms Project is to set all 150 psalms to music um, in their entirety with scriptural integrity, with musical excellence, and with uh, cultural relevance. So we want the Psalms to speak to modern generation, but we also don't want to edit the scriptures. We don't want to change the message of the scriptures. We want to give people the pure scripture because we believe in the power of the word of God, mm. that it is a power of God. 
And um, that all scripture is God-breathed and is beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for training in righteousness. Yeah. Um, so the mission, that's the first mission, is to set the Psalms to music in a faithful way, to really present them in a way that communicates musically and accurately from the scriptures. But also, um, you know, I don't want to be just another another band. I don't want to do something just for for fame, for recognition, for sales. Um, it's all about the Great Commission. It's all about in the end, glorifying Christ and spreading his message throughout the world. So, um, you know, as a ministry, our ultimate goal is Jesus' ultimate goal, which is to spread uh, the gospel to as many places as possible. So mm-hmm. so we use um, a portion of uh, actually as much of the profits as we can um, that doesn't go back into sustaining the project. Uh, we use as much of the profits as we can to support uh, global missions because that's ultimately, you know, what it's all about. That's, that's the end game right there. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful. I had a question uh, written down actually about, I guess, how um, how you see the Psalm Project as tied to God's overall kingdom purposes and also the Great Commission. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I mean, first of all, it comes out of a deep personal conviction and calling. So I think that's a huge part of how we accomplish God's mission in the world is just by doing his will, by doing what he calls us to do. And so just try to be obedient to that, uh, whether it makes perfect sense to us or not. You know, if, he, if he's telling us to do something, we better do it and trust that he's going to use it for his purposes and build the kingdom with it. Mm-hmm. But more specifically, um, I see setting psalms to music as a way to encourage the body of Christ, to educate the body of Christ on worship and on, um, you know, the depth of theology that is in the psalms. And... Uh, also, it, it does give uh, the body, I think, um, yeah, a fuller picture of worship. And also, um, by bringing the Psalms to life, you can really bring to light some important aspects of relationship with God, of prayer, and uh, you know, aspects of prayer, such as praise and, and lament and intercession. Mm. And the Psalms have a lot to teach us, so by bringing them to music, I think, and especially whole Psalms to music, I think there's a strong educational component a strong encouragement Mm -hmm. component for the body and especially in these times in these modern times where you know the gospel is so under attack and persecution is increasing Mm -hmm. all over the world the psalms are needed even more than ever because the psalms speak to that experience of of persecution Mm -hmm. and um and of seeking for god to make the world right and Mm -hmm. seeking for justice so i think the psalms really are becoming more relevant than ever and I see that fitting into God's God's plan for His kingdom. Yeah, great. And I guess the the Psalms are so rich because it really shows um, the the depth of human emotion and kind of the the worst and the best parts of you know David or or the other psalmist's relationship with God. What are some of the things I guess as you've been uh, doing the project? What are some of the things that God's uh, taught you or God has revealed to you? Yeah, it's it's a great question. I mean, a lot. Uh, as of right now, uh, I've set the first 38 psalms to music in their entirety, you know, which has taken a lot of study, a lot of time, a lot, obviously a lot of interaction with the text. And um, over that time period, I think number one, the psalms really point to God's sovereignty and his control over all situations, which I think should be a huge encouragement to us as Christians. A lot of times we can go through things where... We can look at the situation from a worldly perspective and say, what in the world is this all about? Like, what is going on? What's the purpose of this? Why am I going through this? Um, Why do things look so bleak? 
but almost always the psalms turn back to hope and worship, mm. even in the midst of the same psalm. In the same psalm, mm. the psalmist can seem hopeless yet full of hope. Yeah. And so that's probably the biggest message is um, just the sovereignty of God over all situations uh, and that promise. I see that, again, that promise from Romans 8.28, that all things work together for good mm. to those who love God. You just see that sovereignty all over the psalms. Over, mm. I keep running into it over and over again. Yeah. And again, just the pathway the psalmist takes from being honest with God, almost even complaining and almost being, you know, almost borderline blasphemous sometimes. But then through that journey of being honest with God and wrestling with God and asking God questions, it almost always leads to a place of peace, into a place of worship. Mm. And so uh, that's another lesson from the psalms for sure. And the psalms are all so different. I mean, before I studied them, I didn't realize how uniquely different their messages were from each other. And so just learning all those specific messages Psalms have to give about, you know, vindication or the grandeur of God or man's place in God's economy. Um, lots of lots of little lessons there. I mean big lessons, but you know, unique lessons from each of the Psalms that are hard to summarize. Yeah. So would you say, Shane, that um, I guess one of the things that the Psalms has taught you and perhaps can teach all of us as Christians is the importance of worshiping God in, in all circumstances. So whether it's um, a time of uh, concern or, or worry or, or hardship, or, or whether it is a you know a season of fruitfulness, that it's always meant to end up glorifying Christ and you know coming back to um, to worship Him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the Psalms uh, cover such a such a range of life experience. And um, sometimes in our modern worship, I'm not sure we always address, you know, those ranges of life experience quite as, quite as honestly. And uh, what the Psalms teach you about worship is that worship should be fellowship with God. It should, be, it should be real. We should be really fully present to God, if that makes sense. And so, uh, and the Psalms show us how to do that, show us, model that for us. Um, and I think we can all relate to being in worship services where we're singing songs and it's an enjoyable experience, but maybe we're not always fully present to God. Maybe our hearts aren't always fully bared before him. And maybe we're not always being totally honest with him. Mm. And um, maybe there are some of those aspects of worship that aren't there. Because honestly, if you'd sing psalms in worship, they, they come across as pretty shocking in a lot of respects. And um, they do also bring forth the reality of the world that we're in as Christians. Um, David was a man who was continually, I mean, his life was continually in jeopardy. He was continually uh, at war and continually on the front lines. And so if we don't live on the front lines, we're not going to fully understand the Psalms, and we're also not going to fully understand worship. Yeah, a lot there as far as worship being almost a form of warfare. And so that's, that's not often how we see worship. But in David's life, it really does seem to be an element of, of warfare. I mean, that was a weapon he used to strengthen himself against the enemy, to strengthen mm. himself in God. As you've been uh, progressing through the Psalm uh, project, have you come across any challenges, and what have been some of those challenges, and how have you managed those? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, probably the biggest challenge I've come across setting the Psalms to music is untangling some of the Hebrew cultural aspects that are hard to understand for mm. modern for modern audiences, yeah. um, you know, a lot of uh, figurative expressions, uh, idioms, things like that, 
that uh, and a lot of cultural references that um, that are difficult to understand in the modern context and trying to be faithful to those and communicate those ideas um, without losing you know without changing the scripture too much mm-hmm. um, so that's been a challenge uh, um, long psalms have been a bit of a challenge uh, so far I set the Psalm 18, the music, which was 50 verses. Right. So keeping, keeping that an interesting psalm um, is, is a little more of a challenge. Uh, actually, 18 uh, turned out to be one of the easier psalms to write, just, you know, just a lot, <laughs> um, just because of the format of it. Uh, psalm 18 is a very coherent narrative, and so it really tells a story beginning to end, so that actually made it somewhat easier to write, even mm-hmm. though it was long. Yeah. But some of those um, kind of up and down, 25 verse psalms are a little challenging, mm. you know, to keep interesting and try to capture what each part of the psalm is trying to say. Mm. And honestly, um, the acrostic psalms, there are some psalms that are called acrostics because uh, each stanza or each verse starts with a successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Mm. And of course, we don't notice that in English. You know, we can't tell what Hebrew letter it starts with. Mm. But the acrostics tend to be a little less, I guess, uh, the the order of the psalm and why it's in the order it is or why the ideas are in this order isn't quite as clear. They seem a little more uh, random on the face as far as where the psalm's going because it's organized by alphabet, not so much by, by theme or by story. So those psalms have been the most challenging to write because it's hard to get a handle on the main idea, mm. I guess, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so psalm, psalm 9 and 10 are acrostics. Uh, psalm 25 is an acrostic and the one I just finished, Psalm 37, is an acrostic, which is 40 verses long. Right. Those have been a, those have been a little more challenging, just because mm. they they um, the central theme is a little harder to grasp. Yeah. Um. So I guess Shane, out of the the songs, the the psalms so far that have been composed to music, do you have any favorites and any ones that have really stood out for you? You know, from the first album, Psalm 4 has been uh, so far really our most successful psalm as far as. Um, listener response and how well it's done online um, and just the, their overall response. Uh, Psalm 25 also is kind of in that category. Psalm 23, of course. Um, and then Psalm 121, which is the one I wrote out of order, has gotten a good response. Um, the ones I like to do in concert the most, uh, Psalm 6, Psalm 16, and uh, Psalm 29 are all favorites of mine, just for different reasons. Um, some work better in concert, some work better on the uh, on the recordings, right, but um, yeah. those are the ones that those are some of the ones I like to use in worship the most and love mm. to play in concert the most. And what's um what's been uh one of the more I guess challenging or difficult psalms? Would it be the acrostic ones as you mentioned before? Uh let's see. On this last album that I'm working on now, probably the most challenging psalm so far, just because it's been one long one after another. Um, Psalm 38 was really challenging because the psalm is almost all lament. I mean, it's about 22 verses, I think, and it's almost all depressing. <laughs> there's, a, there's about one verse in there where that's a ray of hope where it's, he's, she expresses confidence God will answer, but otherwise it's almost all lament. 22 verses of all the bad stuff going on in his life. Right. Um, that, that, that was challenging to try mm. to put together a song that you'd want to listen to for 22 verses, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, so another challenge, too, this maybe seem weird, but Psalm 36 is really interesting because it starts out with um, the first four verses is this really intense meditation on the sin of the wicked. And then in verse 5, it goes straight to 
your love, O oh Lord, um, uh, I'm trying to find the words here, um, your love, your love is higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains, and uh, your judgments um, are like the great deep. So it goes from this really, you know, um, negative seeming passage about the sin of the wicked, and all of a sudden it's talking about God's love. Yeah, it seems to come out of nowhere. So that was a really interesting psalm to study and write to. It's like, mm-hmm. how do you capture that with music? How do you spend four verses just talking about how wicked the wicked are? Yeah. And then you start singing about God's love. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because I guess the, t- the two are so um, different, it's hard to make that transition from one to the other, I guess, in, in songs. So, um, yeah, exactly. And what um, uh, what's some of the feedback, I guess, that you've gotten about the Psalm Project as you've done uh, performances or as different people have heard um, some of the songs you've written? What's some of the feedback you've received? Sure. I think uh, the number one thing is people talk about how how clear the song made the psalm like wow i like i listened to the whole psalm in song and the message of it is so linear and clear now Mm. um just really helps bring that out and also people talk about you know the emotions the music brings out from the psalm it's a different experience to read it on paper and then to hear it with this live vibrant music that's Mm. really passionate um, just really brings those those verses and those words on the page to, to life. Yeah. Um, those are the two biggest things I hear as well. I understand the psalm so much better now. Mm. Like I, I, the whole story, of the psalm's clear beginning to end because the music sets that backdrop, mm. and um, and and the words tell that story in a way that makes sense to me. And so those are, those are the main things I hear. And also, people just really appreciate being able just to soak in God's word mm. with music. They like to just turn it on and just and just soak it in, mm. and um, yeah, lots of testimonies about people who uh, it helps their depression, it helps their uh, anxiety, mm. um, things like that. Uh, just really express how this is the way the psalms were were meant to be experienced. Yeah, well, not necessarily yeah. just my music, but just the music in general. And I guess, uh, do you have any any encouragement for someone who listens to the podcast once it gets published and? They might have a project idea and they might really want to do something, but they're not too sure where to start or how to quite put it into practice. Um, what could you say to encourage that person to, um, to take that step of faith, so to speak, and to um, kind of start to put that idea into, into practice? Obey God. That's the biggest thing. Um, you know, trust and obey, right? No other way. Uh, that's the simplest thing is when God put this on my heart, um, I just started doing it. And I had a passion for it, for sure, but, you know, the first couple of years I was doing it, there was really no guarantee that any album would ever get made, that it would ever really get recorded in a quality fashion. It was kind of really a pet project for me for about two years that, you know, no one else really knew about it, no one really cared <laughs> that I was working on it, but I was so into it. And um, God has just opened one door after another. Um, he opened the door to record the first album. And uh, not only that, but he brought 30 musicians on board to help me with it. Cool. And uh, that just happened over a long period of time. Hmm. And, uh, and then the second album, third album, I mean, honestly, at the beginning, uh, I probably wouldn't have believed that I'd be working on a fourth album right now. So yeah. um, just obeying God in that project and just following that nudge of his, um, I never really had expectations that it would be 
um, you know, take over the world or be like a worldwide smash. Mm. But uh, I knew from the beginning that that I was onto something mm. and, and that God was onto something. And so I stuck with it, just trusting that. So if you have that that peace inside that God's onto something and you're onto something, you need to follow it and do it no matter how little sense it makes. Mm. Because um, usually if it doesn't make sense, sometimes that's a good sign that, that the Lord is in it. Um, so that brings us to the end of the interview for today. But before we close, is there anything else that you'd like to say or comment on, Shane? Not really specifically, no. I just I thank you for having me on the podcast, giving me a chance to talk about the project. And um, just encourage people to uh, go to psalmsprojectband.com, which is our website, thepsalmsprojectband.com. You can listen to the music. Uh, you have links to stream the music, ways to purchase the music. Uh, the first 30 psalms set to music in their entirety. And um, I hope uh, you get a chance to listen to it and are blessed by it. We're just, we're just doing this to bless the church around the world. And uh, we hope that it blesses you. So. Um, yeah, well, that's about it. But uh, thanks again. Thank you so much, um, Shane, for coming on the show. And um, all the best with the rest of the psalm project. And uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, you too, Peter. Thanks for having me on. God bless you. You too. Thank you. Cheers. That brings us to an end of this episode. As search and like Testimonies of Truth on Facebook or Twitter. And if you want to stay connected as well, you can email testimoniesoftruth.content at gmail.com.